0: It's time for JT the Brick. Welcome in to our brand new coverage. We need to come in hardcore. Raiders got a bunch of guys. Back in the old days, they had legends. He gets the Raiders. He understands the Raiders. He's going to be a great Raider. Well, show it to me. No penalties. The only holes that I see on this team are linebacker. There's going to be some moments this year that are going to be top sledding. Okay, one of them could be now. I got it all for you. Keep it PG. No, never happened. I'd like to get this show going the way I know how to get the show going. Our standard is high. We coming. It's time to fire this thing up. What the hell are you listening to? Who are you getting this garbage from? G.T. the Brick. Hey, look at me. I'm the needy radio guy. Gimme, gimme, gimme. We are ready to rock. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Are you with me? One guy kind of throws the fuel into the fire. So sound off like you got up here and get going. Use the phone like a weapon. We need to leave a wake of destruction. That's all I had this week for. And now, Raider Nation Unite!
1: Here's JT the Brick.
0: Thanks for coming back. JT brought to you by Modelo, the fighting spirit of Modelo. Thanks to everyone who showed up for the Modelo remote this past Friday. Nice crowd over at Top Golf in Vegas. All of the Raider legendary. Legendary fans like Gorilla Rilla, Senior, Violator came by. And everybody from Adela, thank you so much for putting me out on a road on Friday. This week, we have the fight in town. Canelo's fighting. Jim Lampley will join us on Wednesday at 12.15. Man, he called all the great fights back in the day. Tyson lit the torch. Stabler before the game with all the gold jackets, and Lil Wayne with the concert at halftime. There was a lot of entertainment there, but the Raiders didn't entertain on the field. They lost a the game to a good defense, a very good defense from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And now Pittsburgh, after losing their first game, is 2-1. And, and they got to feel pretty good about where they're going going forward. So I love this. I love what's happening. I appreciate it. Um, and I think this is going to be an opportunity now. The Raiders at the Chargers is big. We bring in Sam Munson every Monday. And, Sam, i real thrilled to have you here on Mondays. I want to go through the games that were just wild that – I don't think a lot of people saw. We'll start with Arizona and the Cowboys. Looking at the tape here, what happened to the Cowboys? Why did the Cowboys struggle so much in the desert?
1: Yeah, really, I think the Cardinals are potentially a better team than people gave them credit for. Um, They did the same thing to a New York Giants team in the first half, and then the wheels kind of fell off. But this offense has been far more functional than people expected it to be. Their offensive line isn't a bad unit at all. Josh Dobbs is playing pretty good football, and they're using him as part of the the run game on a design basis. And that we know, you know, is kind of a, a cheat code for offense in today's NFL to get the quarterback involved in the run game. And they're they're being creative with the skill position players that they have, guys like Rondell Moore, who had been you know, kind of a bust up until now, they're they're using him in a creative manner. They're lining him up in the backfield and giving him running back carries. They're putting him in motions and getting the ball in space with blockers out in front of him. So the offense is playing better than people expected it to. It's got some talent there and they're making the best use of it. And the defense is playing tough and, you know, was able to, to take advantage of some big plays in high leverage situations. I think Dallas were successfully coming back several times in that game, but when they needed a play, the Cardinals' defense showed up big. They got a fourth down stop. Mm-hmm. They obviously got the turnover, the interception in the end zone from Dak Prescott. You know, Just when they needed to get a play, they were able to make that happen and keep hold of that lead that they built.
0: Yeah, Dallas ran the ball for 185 yards. That wasn't the problem. What do you think of Dak in a situation like that? He was sacked twice. He had a 78 rating, uh, 25 completions and 40 attempts. This is what the criticism is for those who don't think the Cowboys are a Super Bowl contending team when Dak plays a game like this. I'm not saying it's awful, but it was mediocre at best.
1: Yeah. And in particular, you know, the the red zone, the end zone interception can't happen. I mean, that was a game where Dak made some big plays. Um, You know, he took off on a scramble that was a big potentially pivotal play in the game. Uh, But when they did need him to not make a mistake and to just get the ball in the end zone and, you know, make this game closer and really bring it down to the wire instead he went the other direction and he made a big mistake that ends up costing them the game entirely. So yeah, across the board. I mean, this is a bad game from Dak Prescott. It was a bad game from the Cowboys top to bottom and absolutely, you know, gives ammunition to those people that have been saying the Cowboys will never get this done. You know, they're not that team. They're going to choke. They're going to, you know, blow it again. I mean, there's nothing that, that they can say to those guys, to those people that were saying that because they've just played right into their hands. Now they need to bounce back and show that that is just an, an aberration and a fluke this season.
0: Sam Munson and Zargets, pro football focus, the NFL analyst, a lot of survivor pools crashed because Baltimore lost in overtime to Indy 22-19. to 19. Gardner Minshew put it in the air 44 times, didn't throw an interception. He managed that game when he had to. How'd you see that one?
1: Yeah, he did. Um, this was a close game. I mean, both sides, I, I thought, had a, a real shot at it. Baltimore probably should have won the game, but turnovers cost them you know they they fumbled the ball away a couple of times and gave the Colts and, and Gardner Minshew more chances than they should have had uh, and the flip side of that is they weren't really punished from the mistakes that Gardner Minshew had and he did put the ball harm's way a few times um, and we had some other errors as well in terms of those sacks from Kyle Hamilton Minshew saw them all coming like mm-hmm. Minshew was aware that, that play was coming they were almost replicas of each other and he just kept drifting to the left trying to buy himself more time and then just didn't find anywhere to go with the ball. Ended up taking the sack, which is a, you know, it's a negative play for the offense. So I think they came up clutch with a couple of big plays in overtime and, and end up getting it done eventually. But that was a game I think the Baltimore will see
0: as one that got away. Sam Munson joins us. You talked about Miami gaining 726, putting 70 up in that game without, without Jalen Waddell. Your, your take on Miami and how great they play, but more on the after effect for Sean Payton, who I'm not going to regret it because the money he's making and the control he has of that organization, but does this feel like almost a rebuild for Sean Payton? What am I seeing here with the lack of talent that he doesn't have on both sides of the ball?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's worse than that. I don't think it's necessarily a lack of talent. I think that was just an embarrassing performance. Uh, the offense... I don't think it was terrible yesterday. You know, they, they had some mistakes and they weren't perfect, but they got in a hole early and just couldn't keep pace. The defense just completely capitulated. And this was the strength of the team a year ago. Um, it was absolutely embarrassed by Miami in, in pretty much every capacity. They got destroyed in, uh, top to bottom. I mean, Tyree Hill made an early play where he catches the ball in the middle, just runs all the way around the safety and makes a big play. And then the, the the run defense obviously speaks for itself, given 350 rushing yards. That was the kind of game that changes, you know, things in an organization. Things are going to have to change because that was completely unacceptable, mm-hmm. I think, from top to bottom. So Sean Payton's now got his work cut out. I think he's just been shown the magnitude of the task at hand and some serious things need to change.
0: Sam Munson joins us as we wrap it up. I'm in Vegas with the Chargers now. Host the Raiders next week. Brandon Staley went for it on fourth down. He could have lost his job if they don't if they don't win that game. And then on the other side of it, would you think of Josh McDaniels kicking the field goal down eight with the down and distance with those timeouts left? What's the analytics say about his decision?
1: Yeah, I mean um, Brandon Staley made a couple of aggressive decisions and, and ends up getting rewarded for them. Not necessarily because. Uh, he worked. They worked out, and he got the the rub of the green both times. But because when the Vikings end up with the ball late in the game, you know they made the play when they needed it. But I, mm-hmm. I think that was probably the right call in both instances for Brandon Staley, even though they were very aggressive. And then Josh McDaniels, um, I think that's actually a, it's a closer call in terms of the analytics, than I think most people are assuming depending on the model you look at, and that's part of the. Mm-hmm. The problem with all this is there's no one right answer, right? The models differ, and they're going to give you slightly different numbers. It depends exactly on the weighting of various factors that are going into these things. There are some models that had that as something of a toss-up. I think they probably should have gone for it certainly the first time and, and probably the second mm-hmm. time as well, um, and they didn't, and they end up regretting it. They never got the, the chance, really. By the time they got the ball back again, there was really no, no real shot of making that happen.
0: Sam, I was shocked that the Jags lost by 20 at home, especially with the offensive weapons they accumulated in the offseason, getting Ridley back. I mean, that's a terrible loss, and they didn't have a touchdown in their home opener on top of it. What are you seeing with Doug Peterson and what's happening with that offense? Why are they stuck in the mud? Why can't they get going?
1: Two straight weeks where the receivers mm-hmm. that I agree with you, they should be very good, have just been letting down the team. Um, last week, the Trevor Lawrence put the ball in his receiver's hands in the end zone on four separate occasions, and they couldn't quite get feet down, you know couldn't quite end up coming away with the touchdown, like inches difference, four separate times that would have been uh, the difference in that game. You look at the advanced metrics and they actually say, You know, Jacksonville should have beaten Kansas City just in terms of how they played, um, but couldn't make those critical plays at the key moments. And that happened the same thing this week. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was really playing well, certainly in the first half, made a big mistake later on in the game, but receivers are letting him down again. Calvin Ridley dropped what should have been a touchdown. Um, He had another receiver drop a a perfectly thrown sideline pass. Jamal Agnew catches the ball, fumbles it away. And then special teams as well, you know, a blocked field goal and then one of the most crazy plays, a fullback scooping the ball up and housing it, you know, returning it for a touchdown. Like Those, those two things can happen at the same time. You're losing, you know, in two out of three phases of the game. Your receivers are, are stopping the offense scoring points. And then your special teams unit, you know, potential swing of 10 points right there. Those are the mistakes that are killing them right now.
0: Last one, I want to ask you about Minnesota and 3 Jet fans are talking about make the trade. He's not going to be back with Minnesota most likely next year with his contract status. Does Minnesota think to move him at all at 0-3? Any way they could dig out of this hole? Because, wow, they're trailing only Green Bay and Detroit. By two games in the loss column, there's a lot of football left.
1: There is, yeah. And, you know, we saw last season how – uh, volatile these things can be. They won 11 straight one-score games last season. That's completely unsustainable. That was never going to happen again, and it was sort of why the team was a little bit fraudulent last season. But now they've lost three straight one-score games. You know, this, They're getting the other side of that variance, and that's probably not going to sustain either. So you know, if they look at this and say, we've been unlucky, we've been unfortunate, we're a much better team than this, we can bounce back over the season, then, yeah, they'll, they'll just look to keep – you know, reloading and, and hope to get the, the good, good side of that dynamic. But, you know, 0-3, you're not really going anywhere this year. Maybe they do look at this and say this is an opportunity with the Jets in need of a quarterback to finally move on from Kirk Cousins, finally, you know, cash in without it harming the season because the season's potentially already gone. Maybe they see it as an opportunity to, to make that big jump, um, you know, at a strange time.
0: Pro Football Focus, Sam Munson. Appreciate talking to him every Monday. Thanks, Sam. Talk to you next week. Anytime. Take it easy. All right. Sam Munson joining us at PFF underscore. Sam, as we go around the league, the shocking games of the Cowboys lost. I think Jacksonville losing by 20 at home to Houston is shocking. No doubt about that. And then Indy winning in Baltimore. A lot of people think that Baltimore is one of the teams to beat in the AFC. That's a good win for Indianapolis. 702-365-9200. Mark Anderson will join us from the AP coming up here in a little bit. Stick around for that if you've been patient. I appreciate that. We'll get to your calls. We'll start off with Robert in Portland, Oregon. Go ahead, Robert.
2: Yeah, JT. uh, You know, the big thing with the Raiders is the turnovers, I think. Mm -hmm. I said last week if they could get a couple, we knew the Steelers would get a couple, they'd they'd win the game. But the problem is in the 20 games that, you know, the coaches coach this team, um, they've had 13 turnovers, okay, versus Mm -hmm. 28 they've had. So they're in the hole by seven this year and by eight last year. And the tough thing is Graham's only given up uh, in five games, 30 points coach in the Mm -hmm. 20 games he's coached this year. Of course, Buffalo a week, uh, two weeks ago. That means he's holding teams to less than 30 the majority of the time, three quarters of the time in 20 games coached. They've scored 30 points or more five times in thir- in 20 games. So the differential, I mm-hmm. think, is turnovers. That's the one thing that you can do that you, you know, that this defense could really get them back on, uh, you know, on keel. If, if they can get, let's say, two turnovers this week in L.A., the fans down there, you know, they'll go nuts. And I think that uh, Jimmy will, you know, if he's playing, will uh, get fired up. Uh, and I think he's not going to turn the ball over this week the way he would. The guy I'm always a, a scared of when they play the Chargers is, Eck, is Eckler. You and mm-hmm. I both know he's just a, he's a Raider killer. And uh, he is playing the game. So, I just think that five games scoring 30 or more is poor mm-hmm. and giving up only five games of 30 points or more. Got Isn't it. The,
0: it, do you agree? Yeah, I do agree. Thank you. I, I agree with you 100%. My, my whole vibe on this is that the offense has got to be better and the offense has got to score more points. They got to score 30 a game. They're supposed to do that. They put a tremendous amount of money and resources into Devontae Adams, Jimmy Garoppolo, Hunter Renfro and Jacoby Myers, and Colt Miller, who's paid significant money on the offensive line. So with that being said, they have to score points. And I don't think that the offense is super aggressive most of the time. Now this game, I paused for a moment because I saw the pass rush of the Steelers and how difficult it was for Jimmy to have a big game. It's going to be difficult for him to play great against the Pittsburgh Steelers and T.J. Watt. And he threw for over 300 yards. He made a lot of good throws in the game. But they were trailing late. The defense played okay, a little bit better than average. Marcus Peters dropped the pick six and I think could have changed the game. One play could have changed the game for the Raiders. It could have energized the defense to the point where the newest guy, the new big name, Marcus Peters, got a pick six, not an interception, a touchdown off an interception. It could have changed the mindset of the entire team, and he drops it and it hits him right in the hands. That play there took a lot of steam out of the building, and the building had a lot of Steeler fans to begin with. So that one play hurt this organization, but it was just a physical mistake. He dropped it. That happens. You don't want to make a mental mistake. He made a good mental decision jumping that route and doing the right thing. He just couldn't hold on to the football. I mean, Eric Allen's at Wits Ends, and he's a class act. Eric, EA? The guy doesn't get too emotional. He's not like me. He doesn't get real high or real low. Eric Allen just is there. And Eric can't believe the fact that this team can't get lucky, lucky with a turnover, a tip ball, something hitting someone in the chest where they're able to move, get something going. If you can't change the game by making defensive plays and stops, you're just going to count on the offense to do it all? Well, I do. I count on this offense to do it all. So when they score 18 points at home in the season opener on Sunday Night Football, I am really disappointed by that for the right reasons. I'm disappointed because the coaches and the players on offense aren't figuring it out. And as Devontae said last night, no more talking about this. Go figure it out and find a a way to get this team up and running and be better. Antonio in Modesto, you're up next. Go ahead.
3: Good afternoon, um, JT.
0: Got a, I, you know the guy that just dropped the
3: f bomb. I kind of felt his way, but I know you got to control your language, and you, you're going to get the going to get the hook real quick. But I was there yesterday. Flew in, got back home in Modesto. Mm-hmm. Um, got a chance to see you at the at, at the at the torch. Actually, I even got Vinnie Bonsignor on the side, man. Really cool. But what I noticed the first thing that I noticed besides the Steeler fans was that we look a little smaller, just smaller on the side. I don't know what it. I know everybody's six four, two forty five, two fifty, but. I I I really think that Andre James is having a tough year. Mm-hmm. I even thinking we gotta we, we don't give Colton Miller a, a gold jacket yet. I, I he was getting he was getting he had his hands full. I don't know he he went toe to toe, but there was a couple plays where um, mm-hmm. even watching from the field, you, you could just see that the guys just they just look quicker. The, the twitch, I don't know if it's a twitch, mm-hmm. but um, unfortunately JT, I've been been a Raider fan for all these years, and it's kind of smelling kind of kind of. Because there's a stench in, the, in, in in the air a little bit, man, and I hope I'm wrong. You got to get this Charger game next week, but if not, um, I'll be calling in on the postgame show like the rest okay. of the diehards. But um, it's starting to go the one way that I don't like to see because I don't see the talent. I don't. I, I, I mm-hmm. Myers got blocking well. Hooper was getting pushed around yesterday. I have my binoculars on. I'm looking as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be optimistic, JT, but. Uh, Thank you for getting me getting on yep. the air, and um, you guys do a great show every day. Thank you. Day, appreciate man. it appreciate very much. It, Thanks
0: for calling in. Appreciate you calling in. My issue becomes stay on the field with the offense, make explosive plays. Devontae did that. Devontae had an explosive game. When they were throwing the ball to Devontae, he was catching it. He was doing everything he needed to help keep the team in the game. And as Coach McDaniel said in his press conference, they just can't put it all together and find a way, when they're playing with the lead, to hold the lead. They can't extend the lead. And when they're trailing, coming from behind, I thought it was critical to not kick the field goal and go for the touchdown and the two-point conversion earlier on. Don't waste another minute to kick another field goal. In hindsight, he didn't think that would happen, but this team does not have a lot of motion. They don't have a lot of different looks, and I think they need it in the red zone. I want to see more men in motion. I want to see more crossing routes. I want to see more deception when we look at this team in the red zone Because they got down to the red zone with an opportunity to tie the game with a touchdown and a two-point conversion, and they don't look like they're clicking. They don't look comfortable running that offense, and that's unacceptable. With a great play caller, with a history of winning big games, and all these good players, they have to do a better job. They did not. We're brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria, the absolute best pizza I've ever had. This was a humbling loss in that sense. Obviously, we've had a lot of adversity just throughout the week, um, and uh, it wasn't easy. Obviously, it wasn't easy. Nobody's making excuses. We thought we had a great opportunity to come in here, even with the adversity, um, and get a win, and we didn't. Dak Deck, Deck Prescott as the Cowboys lose. I picked the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. Then they lose Diggs, the star cornerback. And they don't come up big in Arizona. That was a shocker. Wiped out a lot of the circa survivor pools. I'll get to that coming up in a little bit. 702 365 9200. Raiders come off the loss to Pittsburgh 23 18. Mark Anderson joins us from the AP. Mark, all you guys at the press conference, everyone there, men and women, wanted to know about the field goal decision. What do you think about it in real time while the game was happening, and they decided to kick, compared to having some time to sleep on it and being at the press conference today?
4: I was shocked. I was watching the game. I just assumed the Raiders are going to go for it. I, I didn't think. I really didn't think there was another another decision to be made. Uh, you're down to just more than two minutes to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't know if you're getting back down there again. You don't know if you're getting the ball again, um, and you you need eight points just to force overtime. Um, I, I thought in I, Josh McDaniels' reasoning, where you needed two possessions anyway. Well, that no, you just need one in over, uh, regulation. uh You just got to get to overtime somehow, and then you can use a possession in overtime yeah. to try to win. And I thought the Steelers' defense was gassed at that point too. I, you know, TJ Watt last night said after the game he was he was he was really tired, and I think yeah. I think the rest of the defense is tired. And the, the Steelers' defense is on its heels. I think I think he had to go after him at that point. That's still, I still believe that's the case.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point by you. They weren't at their strength as they would have been in the beginning of that game. It just didn't seem like, other than Devontae making a couple of quick catches there, that when they get to the red zone, Mark, and they don't have a lot of room to work with, you just have the end zone and right outside there, they're they're not aggressive. They're not up there going. This is what we do best. We got a play calling head coach. We got an elite wide receiver a pretty good red zone quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, and then all these other weapons that I believe should be in the route at the same time. The problem is they have to pass protect. So they're leaving in a tight end. They're leaving in Josh to chip and to do all that. But if they just went five wide in the red zone with Michael Mayer in the slot, Hunter Renfro in the other one, Jacoby, Trey Tucker in motion, and Devontae, and just go, this is what we do best, try to stop it, I don't see that.
4: No, I, I agree with you. Yeah, and I, you're you're absolutely right. You spread out the defense, and then it's much harder for them to to uh, to, uh, to try to blitz you. And so, yeah, I, I I think that's probably the way to do it. And I I don't know, I I don't know what their red zone identity is. to Your point, and mm-hmm. you know, it's what that's what Kenny Pickett said last week about the Steelers' offense that he didn't know what their identity was. And like, and you're, and I and I think that might kind of apply to the Raiders' offense mm-hmm. as a whole. Uh, right now. I'm not sure that they really know what they are. Um, I think Jimmy Groff is still trying to find his way in the system and he's clearly struggling right now. Uh, he, you know, the the one pick where he had all day to throw, he just like, I don't know how as a veteran quarterback he just doesn't just, you know, throw that into the stands at that point. He has no one to throw it to. Um, you know, it just... I you know, obviously Devonte was just incredible last night and yeah. You can always count on him, but I mean I don't know why is Hunter Renfro not even getting any targets and that that's just such a mystery to me. And uh and Michael Mayer, I really thought would be a bigger part of the offense now. And and maybe it's just, you know, it's third NFL game and mm. you know, he just needs time to to kind of figure it out. I mean it could be that simple, but um but I just I really don't know. I, I, I do think what probably is the, the the big issue is leaders don't have the running game going,
0: mm. and
4: it's kind of put them in scramble mode because of that, because they're not able to set up the play-action pass nearly as much without
0: them. Absolutely. Mark Anderson joins us from the AP. You nailed it. If they can't get anything going in the running game, they become pass predictable, and defenses are ready to do that. Also, Mark, they played two elite pass rushers. They got T.J. Watt that came in, and Buffalo just had a better front overall. I think Buffalo's front is even better than Pittsburgh. So Jimmy didn't have a lot of time to set his feet and be comfortable in the pocket. He can move up and down in the pocket and he can even get out of trouble if he has to. But for me, watching him yesterday from the seats that I sat in, not in the press box, I couldn't believe the heat he was under. There were four or five times. I would have bet my life. He was going to get sacked and he came through it and got the ball out either for a completion or incomplete. So he was running for his life the entire game.
4: He was, he, I mean, TJ Watt was just unreal. And, uh, and I mean, it wasn't just TJ Watt. I mean, the whole front was amazing. But TJ Watt just—he had six pressures by himself, mm-hmm. and he, it just seemed like he was always forcing Jimmy to to scramble. Uh, and uh, it, it was, yeah. I just don't think—I don't think Jimmy ever felt comfortable yesterday. And and you could kind of see it. He he, he did mm-hmm. kind of settle down when you when the Steelers went into more of the prevent mode in the fourth quarter. You know, and he knew the pass rush wasn't really coming at him at that point. He, you could tell, he started to get a little bit more confidence at that point. But when the when the Steelers are coming after him, he had almost no chance.
0: Mark, last one the season. I'm not going to say the season's on the brink, but I feel like the schedule can get away from them if they don't win some of these games that are coming up here. I mean, at the Chargers, that's going to be hard. I, I don't. They're going to be an underdog. It's going to be hard. So let's say, let's assume. I'm going to assume they win as I'm in the building here today, but if they don't and they drop to one and three, they're going to have to beat the Packers and the Patriots at home. And I, I believe they'll do that. I, even though this team hasn't played a full football game, I think they could beat Jordan Love, Mac Jones, and Justin Fields. I think they can win two out of three or three out of three of those games. But if they're not, kept, uh, if they're not careful with the schedule here, the season can get away with them long before the bye week and the midway point of the season.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, just we all know about the OC West, but yeah, it's the Patriots. I mean, they're not the Patriots of old. The Bears are a complete mess right now. Mm-hmm. The Packers had to pull off an early miracle rally yesterday to beat the Saints. So, um, and then looking just you know to November to the Jets, you know, they're just without Aaron Rodgers, they're they're just really beatable. So they mm-hmm. do have an opportunity here um to to pick up some wins the the schedule Mm -hmm. you're right the schedule opens up for them a little bit I agree the Chargers that's a really tough ask but you can not pass the Chargers if they can put together some wins then maybe they get something going down the 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 Mm -hmm. latter part of the season maybe Jimmy Garoppolo we'll we'll see how he comes back from concussion but you know that's not going to be a long-term thing let's see if he can get some sort of rhythm going and and maybe maybe they get the running game going finally and then you get in the late in the season, in the NFL, you know, it's a very much a week-to-week league. You can pull off an upset here and there, and then who knows.
0: Thank you, Mark. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. See you soon, buddy. All right, sounds good, JP. Thanks so much. Mark Anderson from the AP. So I wanted to get to the survivor pool over at Circa with some of these upsets and what happened. Week three was one of a kind for the Circa survivor Is down to 2,481 entries after starting out the day with almost 6,000 at 5,916. Half the field was wiped out. The competition was cut by 58%. And the large part is the Jaguars losing to the Texans 2,421 survivors. You got to pick one team every week that's going to win okay win and the jaguars were the easy pick and they lost the ravens wiped out 621 of the entries and the cowboys were another one 367 as they lost to the cardinals and as i looked at the email today the original contestant call 9267 entries into circus survivor and now they're down big 2,481. To me, it just seems like it's a donation to Circa to play in this, but people dream. They dream that they want to win, and a lot of them got wiped out. Seven zero two Let's catch up again on the phones. Uh, Hardcore Raider is up next here on the flagship. Thank you. Hey, JT. Uh,
5: you know, I've, I have been critical of this coaching staff mainly just because I felt like we were almost in a rebuild mode versus a win-now mode. And with the Super Bowl in Vegas, I feel like there should be more um, <clears throat> urgency. But, mm-hmm. And part of it was the Jacobs contract. But besides that, right now it's game time. None of that other stuff matters. And the reality is, is if we look back, you know, the Patriots always kind of started out slow in their seasons, you know, and then they finished strong. Uh, a lot of teams will start out hot, and then they, they flounder out. So, for me, this is like a reality check moment between this game and last game, you know. Uh, I think that the Raiders have a lot of talent on this team. And I mean, like, like so much talent. Like, yeah, it's disappointing. I'm frustrated. We have so much talent on this team that there's no way that we go through this season and it looks like this, in my opinion. You know, so for me, it's like, like how are we going to finish? Because all that matters, in my opinion, is that we get we get a ticket to the dance. Not saying we're going to be, be the best team in the NFL, but we just got to make a, a, a shot at having a, a chance at the playoffs and hopefully make a uh, run, you know, once we get in the playoffs. And for that Kansas City Chiefs fan that called up, I just want to congratulate him because uh, I think it's funny that we got a Chiefs fan li- listening to a Raider Nation uh, radio uh, channel as well as, you know, the Chiefs fans that it took them, what, 60-something years to finally tie the Raiders with three Super Bowl wins. So, you know, the only thing that the – uh Chiefs are champs of is the fact that they have the biggest bandwagon fan base in the NFL and that the referees handed them a Super Bowl all through the playoffs and the Super Bowl last year so congratulations it took them a whole lifetime to finally catch up to the Raiders for three Super Bowl wins
0: well the Raiders got to catch up to them now thanks for the call the Raiders got to win games in the rivalry against Kansas City I don't care where they play that game the look ahead line as we're looking at it now is Chargers minus five and a half line opened up Chargers minus four and a half. It's now played up to five and a half. I don't know how you bet the Raiders unless you start seeing the Raiders play better. And I want to see the Raiders win more than anybody. My season tickets, I was here with my wife and son yesterday. I wanted this game badly because I thought it was a game to comfortably win. I thought that the Raiders would have played better going up against Kenny Pickett and that Jimmy Garoppolo wouldn't have three interceptions. The last one was a throwaway, the last play of the game. But the rest of it, I thought that Jimmy played poorly. He was under duress. He made some good throws to Devontae, but you got to get everybody else involved. you got to get everyone else involved. you got to run. And now Jimmy's in concussion protocol, and that could hurt. Because if, unless it's Aiden O'Connell, and I told you when they signed Hoyer, I said that's a good, solid backup quarterback. If you're in a game and Jimmy G goes down and it's a one-score game, I'd put him in the game over Aiden O'Connell. But if Jimmy can't go at any point this season, I saw enough of Aiden O'Connell in the preseason to say, give that kid the ball and let's see what he can do. But giving the kid the ball his first ever game, if Jimmy can't go, and I'm not saying he won't, but he's in protocol, I'd like to see Aiden O'Connell because the only tape on him is the preseason. And that would be an epic win if he could start his career off beating the Chargers in L.A. But hopefully Jimmy comes back and we don't have to deal with that. Richard in Arizona, you're up next. Thanks for holding. Go. Hey, JT, you
5: know, I agree with you on the, on the Aiden and the Hoyer thing 100%. Um, I think in the middle of the game, you bring in Hoyer, finish out the game. But the um, following week, you bring in Aiden just because there's no tape on him. But, um, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to be critical of the coaching staff a little bit um, just because, you know, being in Arizona, um, I'm kind of I'm kind of seeing a little bit of uh, Jonathan Gannon, you know, not, not necessarily the greatest play caller, uh, but he's got the boys playing. And if you've watched them, I have some buddies here that are hardcore Cardinal fans. And if you watch these guys play, they are—they're doing what he said they're going to do. They're going to play hard. They're going to play aggressive. They have an identity, is what I'm trying to say. And I don't see that with Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. They don't have an identity, and I think that starts with the head coach. And I'm glad—I'm so glad you brought up the the um, going forward on fourth down or not going forward on fourth down. Um, because I would have honestly liked to see the the thought on Johnson Gannon. Would he have gone for it? Because he's been without a head coach – I mean, a head coach – without a starting quarterback, without a talented defense. Like, I think the Raiders are more talented is what I'm trying to say. But yet, we don't close out games. We don't win games. Um, granted, you have the Broncos, but the Bron- Broncos got blown out. So let's, let's, let's throw that one out the window. I-, I just don't know where to go from here. I, I get he's a great play caller – but, I mean, like, what else do you see on the offense? I get Jimmy G has turned the ball over, and, but maybe Jimmy G's trying to press. Um, he's got his guys now is what I'm trying to say, you know. Uh, and if you look at it from Jonathan Gannett's standpoint, he doesn't have his guys. And yet they're actually in every game. And, and we haven't been in every game. You know, I'm, I'm counting the Bills game. And that's what's frustrating to me is because mm-hmm. you have your guys. You're a great pay caller. Are you Bill Callahan? where you're a great coordinator or a great assistant but not a head coach? Like, what are you right now? We need an identity. We need a defense. Uh, we need an offense. Like, three and out is not going to cut it. Yeah. You know, Jimmy G turning the ball over is not going to cut it. I mean, James Conner had 100 yards almost against the Cowboys. We couldn't rush for 100 yards with, with the greatest running back in the NFL, in my opinion, against a Steeler defense that's arguably as good as the Cowboys. Mm i mean i don't know if you get what i'm saying i do let me jump in
0: a lot of people are just frustrated today and i understand that that's why we're here we're here it's called the aftermath we knew it was going to take a day or two with this game to clean it up and we don't know if we're going to clean it up i've said this a thousand times i'll say it again the only chance this team has to compete outside max crosby on defense is i have to score they have to use the offensive weapons that they have and they have to play more aggressive and they have to be more unique and they can't be predictable. And I, I'm seeing a lot of predictability here because Devontae's a good guy to throw it to because he'll make plays and he's a guy that can get the whole building going. And Devontae did that when he was called on yesterday. But too many other guys are not contributing to the offense, mainly Michael Mayer and Hunter Renfro. And you got to go out of your way to get Hunter the football now. Hunter Other teams need to see Hunter Renfro catching the ball and having six, seven, eight, nine receptions so he can take some of the heat off of Devontae. How do you do that? You script the first nine, ten plays, and you get Hunter Renfro, three of them in L.A. You open up right with Hunter Renfro, get him going, feed Hunter, let him get a rhythm going in the game, if you can. If they're double-teaming Hunter, which I don't see them doing, no one's paying attention to Hunter Renfro now. Jacoby Myers and Devontae are the one-and-two guy. And that being said, what about Michael Mayer? I just have Michael Mayer in a tight end, chip someone quickly, release off the ball, do a seven-yard out route or a seven-yard in route. Get him the ball because he's going to be wide open because no one thinks he's even on the field. They need an identity, and the identity needs to be ratcheted up to be more aggressive with the offensive play calling. But you go three and out, you go three and out, you go three and out, then all of a sudden, you're back on the sidelines. You don't get the ball for another four and a half minutes. Then you go back out there, and the pressure starts mounting to go win the game. Yesterday, they shouldn't have been in that situation, down eight late in the game. They shouldn't have been. Should have been down a field goal, maybe two points, Because Marcus Peters dropped an interception and they gave up a 72-yard touchdown pass that split the safeties. I haven't got into that. How embarrassing was that? Kenny Pickett probably won't have a 72-yard play the rest of the year. And he had one in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday night football. That was a terrible defensive meltdown on that touchdown, beating two safeties, let alone one. A lot of criticism to be had today, and this is big boy radio. All the players know it. The coaches know it. They go to the media, and they address it, and we talk about it on the radio. I need this team to wake up and beat the Chargers. How will they beat the Chargers? The Chargers always Charger. Their coach boy Blunder makes mistakes. They don't have Mike Williams, and the Raiders' offense should be able to go and up and down the field on the Chargers. Chargers' defense was supposed to be better by now. It's not. It's not. It's not an elite defense. Look what Kirk Cousins did. Look at the game so far this year, Tennessee, what we've seen with the Chargers. If Jimmy can go, I think Jimmy could have that bounce-back game, a good win, and play well enough to win the game. If Jimmy Garoppolo can't go, it's going to be very hard to win in L.A., no matter if the fans are there or not. Aiden O'Connell would have to play great, and I wouldn't be surprised if Hoyer got the start because he's a veteran, and they need some veteran leadership now. 702-365-9200, at JTTheBrick on Twitter. The new YouTube channel's up and running. Please give it a subscribe if you can and a like so you can get in there and get the alerts when I'll be going. YouTube Live, JT on YouTube, JTTheBrickYT. Really excited about that. I'm on Mad Dog Radio tonight, 4 to 7 p.m., Probably be in bed crashed by seven o five after this weekend and a good weekend in general. Other than the outcome of the game, fun weekend. Went to the Black Hole Party, spent time with Pete Bannazak, Phil Villapiano, Fred Belitnikov, Mike Haynes. How about the Raider Nation Golf Club? I was invited to their golf match against the Steelers. That was a lot of fun. Just need some wins here to go along with the festivities in Vegas for a Raider home game.
5: Raiders have to get the 2 It's play action to Jacob, wide open in the end zone, it's the rookie Michael Mayer, they convert the two as he grabbed it right on the R, and Raiders, the first one out to the
0: left, and with that two point conversion, the Raiders make it a one score game, 23-15. Yeah, they made it a one score game, that was important on the two point conversion, I have a lot of confidence on the Raiders with the two point conversion. I really do. I think they have the ability to be a matchup nightmare on the two-point conversion, but they needed a touchdown first to get them in that situation. They decided to kick the field goal. I didn't like that decision. I wish they would have had a shot at a touchdown there in a two-point conversion because I'd be pretty I'd be pretty excited about that two-point conversion if they would have scored. I think if they would have scored, they would have got the two-point conversion, but they never got that extra touchdown. Raider D in Sacramento, go ahead. What's happening, D? Hey,
6: JT. Good to hear it from you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm gonna try to try to hide the frustration in my voice, but uh, it's not easy. You know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I didn't get too high on the Denver Broncos game, and and I didn't get too low on the on the Bills game. I, I don't think there was a team that was that was going to beat the Bills that day the way they played. But uh, I got to tell you, there's something that's blatantly obvious to me that's happening, and, and uh, I think you know, as much as I wanted, I want to trust that. that that Jimmy could get the job done. It's just uh, Jimmy's inability to throw the deep ball, I think is affecting this team. And I think that it's allowing these teams to stack the box and stop the run. And they're, they're almost hoping that he's going to throw the ball over 20 yards so they can tee off on somebody. It's just the ball is sitting up there a little too long. And, and it, and it's really worrying me that, that he just doesn't have that, that zip on that ball to be able to get it out there and, and to be able to stretch mm-hmm. this field. I mean, we've got a team full of Ferraris out here and, and he, and and I gotta believe that he can do it, but I haven't seen it yet. I mean, you tell me if you've seen yeah. anything in these six games to tell you that he can throw that ball out there.
0: Yeah, I do. I think he can. I appreciate the call. I will. I will disagree with you. He can make the throws. He can throw the deep ball. I think he can do it. He didn't have any time to do it against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was bearing down on him. He did not have three three and a half seconds to wait for the for the play to develop deep downfield. No shot. Not with T.J. Watt, what they were doing off both edges. didn't have time to do it. And the Raiders got to be better on the offensive line if that's ever going to happen. But I truly believe that any quarterback in this league, including Jimmy G, but most of them, can make every throw. They're in the bleeping NFL. They can make every throw, including the deep ball for Jimmy Garoppolo. You got to give them time to do it. Gangsta Raider checking in in L.A. Go ahead.
7: Hey, JT. First thing, I don't know if you're still looking for a Tesla, but if you're coming to L.A. next week, I sell cars, so holla at me. You know what I'm saying? But I think it's a bad coaching thing because if you look at the offense, even with Jimmy G being um, familiar with the system, he's supposed to be able to to to, to 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 perform the offense the way McDaniels wanted to perform, but that's not happening. And also the plays that are being called are not conducive to us utilizing the offensive weapons that we have at the optimal potential. You know what I'm saying? And also on the defense it's not even – they're not even lining up in the proper gaps and stuff like that. It seemed like we regressed to, like, when we went to that West Virginia, it seemed like we regressed since then. And I I want to say it has to be the coaching because they had a whole week to get it together. And that Buffalo game, they looked horrible. And this game, I thought they would get it back together, coming back home and being able to touch up the – um, you know, mm-hmm. correct the mistakes or whatever. But we looked even worse to, to to me this week as far as the offense, you know what I'm saying, because we had more – offenses with tips but we didn't really score. We had like four field goals we should have at least two or three touchdowns. And also like you were saying going mm-hmm. for the the field goals instead of for the touchdowns, especially not the I'm going to talk the one where he kicked it, but the one where he didn't go for. it. He should have kicked it the field goal the right. first time when they went for. it. You know what I'm saying? That it's just bad coaching all around. Well, and he got a free
0: this- play. I got to run. I'm up against. I got less than a minute, gang, So thank you. Well, they weren't going to once they had the penalty, the penalty and they were going to get a new set of downs. They took the three off the board. That was a good decision, but the problem was after that, they did not attack the end zone. They needed to attack the end zone when they got the ball back after the field goal, and they decided that they got the ball back, they needed to score, and they didn't. They kicked another field goal, and they burned a the minute a time. Attack the end zone when you have an opportunity going forward. That's the big learning curve for me. Next time they get inside the 20, put everybody into, put everybody into the pattern everybody. Four or five wide and take shots in the end zone. That would be a start for me. Have a great day, everybody. Cues up next.